Welcome to Shofar Ronnebosch Sermon Podcast. We trust that today's message will edify and strengthen your faith. Good morning, everyone. Hello, how's it? How's it? Welcome back. Um, this is my first service. I know there's been a service already, but from my side, um, welcome back. Um, if you're visiting us this morning, my name's Reino. Uh, welcome. You are very welcome uh, to join us in this service, and, and God bless you. We're going to receive a little card like this. I'll explain it in a moment. Uh, Jamie's going to hand it out over there. Jamie, so she's going to hand it out. Explain it in a second. <coughs> um, I had a message prepared for this morning, and um, even till this morning, I was ready to preach that message. Uh, but I felt God said, just take a step back. Um, so we're going to do that. We're going to just take a bit of a step back, and I want to share something that in, in a lot of ways I've, we've been talking about the last six months, but I want to come back and I want to um, conclude it in a, in a message altogether. Um, but I want to I just quickly pray for us. Um, and, you know, the reason, part of the reason why well, the reason why I'm sticking to it as well is, is just what God has been saying this morning, where he's leading us. And so I want to pray a prayer um, that God would, you know, even as we sang earlier, it says, uh, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared uh, for, for us. Um, and, and ultimately in his coming, but also in very real realities every day. So I want to pray for us because I think, I think many times we, we're, not, we're not aware or we're not open to the treasures that God has placed around us, you know, because he's already given it to us, and, and I believe we're going to see a lot of that this year. Um, but I want to pray that God would just remove that. So if you want to just respond to that word again, Matthew already prayed, but I want to pray again. If you want to just say, God, open my eyes to see what is around me, to not look somewhere else, but to see what, what is here, what is right now, what you are doing, because that is good. So, Father, we just thank you that this morning we can, we can surrender our eyes, we can bring our minds to you, we can bring our hearts to you, and we, we say, we cry out, we say, Lord, let our eyes see what other eyes do not see. Let our eyes see what our natural eyes do not see. God, let us, let us be open to experience um, that which you make possible, that is not possible in this life, in this world, but we serve you, God. We serve you, God. And so, God, take every distraction away, God. Take every hindrance away from our hearts, especially from our hearts, Lord. I said, especially in our hearts. There's so many assignments, Lord, towards our hearts and, and making our hearts want to be bitter and angry and disappointed. But, Lord, we remove all of that this morning. Remove bitterness. We remove being disappointment, God, disappointed, God, and we, we, we step into what you have. We take hold of that which you have in Jesus' name. Amen. So just a little insight on what I'm going to be sharing uh, on next week then. Um, I've titled it, um, uh, Change is as good as a holiday. For some of us, maybe you didn't have the privilege of having a holiday, and so you're probably going to need that change. Some of us um, have had a holiday, and, um, you know, the old cliche, New Year's resolutions, we always have plans, we also have these things to do, and the old joke is that you're not going to get past January with all the things that you want to do because it's too, too many things. 
But, but the fact is there is a little, there is a, uh, uh, from a place of rest, there is a sort of a momentum to change. And, and, and I believe God wants us to, to use that momentum to change and to change um, in a way that he wants to change, us to change, right? And so um, Tim um, Mackey says the following um, on the book of James. I'm going to read from verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 25. But he says, um, he says, the book of James, listen to this, he says, it's a, a, a beautifully crafted punch in the gut. If you've read the book of James, you'll be going like this right now. Beautifully crafted punch in the gut. But he says, James says, uh, but whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty, what he said, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer, of the work, this man will be blessed in all his deeds. So we want to be doers. And this year we are, we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere together, and God calls us to be doers. And I want to encourage us in that to, you know, it's, it says that that man will be blessed in all he does. Isn't that amazing? And that theme, this is one of those consistent themes right throughout Scripture. The man that does the word of God. Psalm 1, read it. He will be blessed. He will be like, like a tree planted next to streams. Right? He will be blessed. So if you want to change, that is one way to change. So we're going to come back to that next week. Um, there's a little card that you would have received. You'll see the image on the screen. Liana wants to share a word, and then she's going to quickly just explain this, and then we'll continue from there. Just well, good morning, everyone. <laughs> We have good manners. Um, just while we were worshipping, I just saw something specific that I wanted to share. Um, lady next to Kathleen. I don't know your name. I just saw that. Um, I saw that you were called for freedom. And I felt the Lord showed me um, like a, the difference between an eagle and a chicken. And they're both birds, but um, chickens can't fly. Eagles actually only fly, they never walk. And I just felt like the Lord said, you're an eagle. And um, that he's really called you to fly. He's really called you to a big life. Um, and I saw lots of color, I saw lots of freedom, and lots of limitlessness. And like what I felt in my own life, what I find all the time is um, I find freedom, and then just around the next corner I find there's more freedom. And then there's more freedom, and then there's more freedom. And I think... I know by now that there's more freedom than we can know, than we can even imagine, like the song said. So I just felt that for you as well, like there's more freedom than we can even know. Um, and gentlemen next to David, please. Yes. Um, I just felt, I saw like big letters, just felt the Lord said over you, strength. Just felt like you were called for strength. I felt that um, old song that says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. And I just saw on your life that calling of strength. Um, and that's what the Lord sees in you and also that which the Lord does in you. Um, and that he purposed it from before you were born. And just also with the lady in the back, just also I saw that like the Lord showed me. He worked that in you when you were formed in your mother's womb. That's just the specific time he had. So thank you for letting me just share that. Um so this is for you for the year to know what's happening, 
what's going to be big. <laughs> um, before I share that, I actually just want to share testimony. You know, um, we've been to Indonesia in 2015, I think, 2016, and really um, encountered revival there. And, you know, sometimes I think when we say the word revival, people have different ideas of what I'm saying, so um, it's difficult to explain. But when we went to Indonesia, we, we, we heard about a church there. We saw the one of the pastors of the church in, in a conference in Israel, and there was just something about him and about the atmosphere around him and about what the Lord was doing through him that I couldn't... I saw him in one session, and then for the rest of the conference in Israel, I just checked in my schedule wherever he's speaking. I just marked it. I didn't even care what the topic was. I just went to every session that he was speaking or his son. And we went to Indonesia, and we went to his church, and it was all in Indonesian, and, and there was not a word of English, so um, we couldn't understand. But we walked into the intercession before church, and we couldn't understand the language, but the spirit was amazing. And the only way I can describe it is when I walked into the, the prayer time, I immediately was overcome by the goodness of God and how just how big he is and how good he is. And I fell on my knees and I just actually repented of my sin like I did last when I got saved. Um, that happened when I got saved and this was the other time <laughs> when it happened. And um, something changed in me. We were just there for one day. We went for one service and we went to visit their prayer room and then the next day we flew back out. Um, but we were changed and the Lord really did something in us and Fran is taking a team to Indonesia in two weeks time um, and they're going to be obviously connecting into the revival. There is a massive revival happening in the east and Indonesia is a big part of it. At the time when we were there two million Muslims coming to salvation every year which is big in the biggest Muslim country in the world, Indonesia. And um, so that Rain is taking a team and they're going to be there. And as I've shared quite a bit over the last few times that I've shared, I've really come to appreciate the power of invitation. You know, as a Christian in your lifetime, there's not enough time for you to get everything that God has for you by yourself. You know, sometimes people have this um, argument like, yes, but if you went to an island by yourself, you know, could you hear that from God there? That's how they measure whether something is true. It's a very foolish argument. <laughs> okay, you're never meant to be on yourself by an island. God made you for community. So it's a flawed <laughs> argument. Um, because in your lifetime, you can't get everything that you need to get from God. We all get it and we give it to each other. That's what importation is. God works through each one of us and we share. And sometimes there's a transfer. So I'm excited about Raina and the team going and what the Lord is going to impart to them. And I came to know about a conference in Joburg with one of the leaders um, from the Bethel Church, Paul Manwaring is his name, and the conference is called How to Lead Revival. And obviously they have been very experienced with this, and this is another big revival going on in the world in the West. And I bought, uh, asked some people to go with me, and five of us bought plane tickets and we booked for the conference, and we found out last week that, you know, when you buy the ticket and right at the end they say, do you want the option to make this ticket flexible for 300 rand? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to take that option. <laughs> and spend extra 300 rand, you know. And then last week we found out they moved the date of the conference. <laughs> and we've all bought tickets. <laughs> and um, 
honestly, Johannes is going and he sent me the message and I was very upset and I just put it out of my mind for the evening. And the next morning I had quiet time and um, of course before I bought the tickets in December with Raina, Raina said to me, just pray about it. So I went into the room and I prayed, Lord, should I buy the tickets? And I felt yes. I went back and I bought it. So the next morning I woke up and I think, well, I did pray about buying the tickets. So either now I didn't pray properly or hear the Lord correctly, or God knew about this. And this has been my revelation over the last time. God is just so good. And so the morning I was like, no, I prayed about it, and God is good. So we are going at that time, and there is something that we should do there. And it's a long story, but the bottom line is the pastor of that church phoned me, got hold of me, and apologized, found out that we bought tickets, apologized that they weren't able to communicate with us before we bought tickets. And they've arranged for the five of us who are going to meet privately with the speaker for two days and have a private session. So God is good. <laughs> we are going on the original date. <laughs> and it will be closed. It won't be open to anyone else, the sessions. So it's five of us with him and his wife, like two on five. That's good importation, I'd say. Um, so, so Raina's going with his team and they're going to get importation from the revival in the east. I'm going with my team. We're going to get importation from revival in the west. And then we're going to bring it all back here. So I hope your seatbelt is on. And I hope you are ready because this is really the year. I just know it. So part of that is this. This is how we've structured the year. Um, on a lot of, based on a lot of requests, we've planned the entire year in advance. <laughs> It's a miracle that you hold in your hands. <laughs> and we printed it. <laughs> so we've committed ourselves. <laughs> now, we've um, really wanted to work through our values, which we've um, come to last year. We really wanted to work through it this year. So there's a few big sermons in the year, five, five really big sermons where we'll be speaking about each of the values. So note these ones in your schedule. And um, then... In every kind of season, we've indicated some important events that you can already book now, um, and then you know the dates ahead of time. We're specifically excited about the um, church campaign, which will be in August, so the month of August. So in the on the church campaign, that's when you really want to be inviting people to church. So hopefully we'll be in a new venue. And it's January now. August is the eighth month, so you've got eight months. To trust the Lord, start praying for whoever the Lord puts on your heart. Start working the ground, let the Holy Spirit lead you. And yeah, I'm just really excited to see what the Lord is going to do in our midst this year. All right, shake someone next to you and say, get ready to pack some punches. <laughs> Holy Spirit punches, yes, that's it. Right, so you'll see on the um, on this little form one of the first things um, that we'll do. This is just a heads up, but the week of the 28th of Jan to the 3rd of Feb, um, we're gonna as a church. We're not gonna have a small group that week. We're gonna just encourage everyone to invite someone to your home during that week. So this is just a heads up if you wanna start doing that already. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be sharing. Jace, if you can put us on that first slide. From Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30 to 31, um, it says, Even young men 
you know the scripture. Um, even youths fail, um, but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. I'm going to be sharing on that, and like I said, it's a bit of a culmination of a lot of um, things that we have been talking about. Um, Matthew was talking about the into the promised land, that scene um, from Exodus where the Jews went into the land, or Joshua, the book of Joshua, um, and there's two pictures. The one picture is the one that I'm going to refer to in a second, is I chapter 5, um, and another picture is that of um, Joshua calling the priest to go stand in the river, right? So they stand in the river, and then the impossible happens. It opens up, okay? Now, nothing in their strength made the waters open up, right? Okay, nothing they could do um, made it happen. Um, it, was, it was God's strength. And, and the fact is this, all of their previous experiences from standing in a river had different results. So the bottom line is this, God sometimes calls you to do something that when you've done it previously, it didn't happen like that. Does it make sense? Right? He would call you to do something that all your experience says it's not going to work like that. It, it goes against everything in your being. Standing in the water is not going to open up this river. Right? But in God's strength, it does. And so, so um, we, we've, we've gone through a time where we trusted the Lord for property and, um, you know, it's pretty much done. It will be finished, concluded this week. Um, but it's not so much about the physical space. It's amazing. It's amazing to have a home as a church, a property that belongs to us. That's really, really great. Um, but, but that place is, is, is uh, that, that property is not about our comfort. It's, it's about so much more. Um, and it it's about what it resembles. And so um, we've spoken about this quite a bit, but um, it's, it's the it's the first farm that Jan van Riebeek gave to the Freiburgers, right? So it's a very significant farm, but it's on the, the banks of the, the Lisbeek, right? So we're standing in the Lisbeek, right? And, but, but, but here's the difference. Instead of like the Jews going into the land of Egypt, we're not standing on the outside of Cape Town walking through the Lisbeek into the area of Cape Town. We're standing on the other side, and we're walking through, opening up this line of division. Some of you are getting what I'm saying. Because uh, that, that, that line or that, that, that property resembles separation. Right? So we, God is calling us to, um, to take a real stand in faith, and he's going to open it up. He's, he's going to break down the walls. He's going to open up. Um, you know, the separation, um, and like I said last year, you know, you know, God's taking us back, right back to the foundation of this nation. So it's a really significant thing. It's not about the property itself. That's going to be great. It's going to be like a, we're going to have a new venue, a home, but it's about so much more. That's the one picture I'm going to hold before you. The other one is, is, is that over there, Zai chapter 5. Um, it's this real hopeless situation. In Scripture, we have a couple of them in the Old Testament where the people of God, they were blessed, they were prosperous, and then they went into idolatry, and then God had to bring judgment, and they were scattered, and then this really powerful, awesome nation, blessed by God, suddenly they scattered, 
Um, there's no hope. All hope is lost. You know, they may be taken into captivity. Isaiah chapter 5 is one of those uh, situations. So the people are very despondent. They're very discouraged. They're like, how is this possible? How is this going to happen? And then, then the prophet Isaiah says, he says, but there will be a new branch. There will come forth a new shoot from this, this stump. Um, and, and he speaks to the people of the day. He encourages them because that's exactly what happens. Then in history, we see that this, this nation rises again. Um, but obviously, he speaks ultimately to when Jesus comes. Because he will be, he will be that stump, uh, that, that shoot um, from the branch of, of, of David, the lineage of David. And so, I want you to look at that image and so, so there's two approaches to look at that little, that little um, twig that comes out from that branch. And, and, and the question is this, is will that branch survive? There's two approaches to it. The one would be to say, let's look at the, the circumstances of that twig as it grows up. Will there, be, will there be storms? Will there be enough water? Because obviously it's a really vulnerable place that little twig to be. A lot of things can go wrong. A lot of things can happen. And, and quite clearly, there has been circumstances that has caused that tree to seem almost die, right? There's just a little bit of life because of the roots. But what are the chances that that little twig is going to make it? And so the one option is to look, look at the externals. Will the weather prevail? Will there be a drought? Will there be enough water? Will it be nurtured? Um, will that tree make it? So that's the one way of looking at it. But there's a better way of, of looking at it, and I believe the biblical way of looking at it. That branch, that twig will, will make it, not because of the externals, but because of the internals. Right? That branch will make it because it is from a good stump. Because the roots are good, because it's strong, and because it's God-ordained. Right? And so the internals determine, no matter what the externals are, if, if, if the internals are good, there might be a drought. There might be intense storms and things that come against the streak, but it's going to make it because of the internals, not because of the external circumstances. Do, do you see the difference? Right? And that's, that's the picture of us um, in Christ. We are um, connected to the vine. We stay connected. The circumstances and the challenges, that, that will... That will come, but, but you'll survive. You'll be strong. You'll, you'll, you'll press through. So I want to talk about strength. Like we read Isaiah chapter 40, even young men fail. Now, that phrase, even young men, of course it refers to young men, but, but it's more than that. It, it refers to um, what, what the Scripture is basically saying is those that you would expect to have so much strength, you know, even they fail. Right? Think of anyone that you think, that, that, you know, I really look up, that person is a lot of strength. They can, they can push through. They can make it. They can, you know, even those fail, the scripture says, but those who wait on the Lord renews their strength. So I'm going to talk about strength, and of course, I'm not going to be able to get to, it's not a topical study, complete study of um, the word strength, um, but I'm going to try and touch on some things about strength and answer some of the questions, some of the following questions. And I'm going to take it a, bit, a step back, but firstly, why would you want to be strong? One of the questions, I'm not going to answer directly now, um, but throughout this morning. 
Um, then secondly, why, why it's not a good idea to rely on, um, why it's not a good, it's good to rely on the strength you think you have in yourself. Why is that not a good idea? Um, what is strength? And then fourthly, what does God's strength look like? Going to the dictionary, strength is uh, the capacity for exertion and endurance. That is, that is strength. Exertion means uh, physical or mental effort. It could mean to um, have great physical power. It could be to have moral or intellectual power. It could mean to have great resources. Um, and it could mean to be effective or efficient, um, especially in a specified direction. Now, building strength in your life could also mean several things. It could mean I'm building capacity. I'm building capacity in my life. In other words, I'm building strength to be able to do what I previously couldn't do. That's one thing. It could mean, it could mean um, I'm building um, emotional capacity or resilience. So perhaps in um, previous times, I would be in such and such, and such a, a situation, and it would be really intense, and I would respond in a bad way, right? But building strength would mean that I'm going to have such a, a resilience that in the same scenario, this time it's going to be different. I'm not going to react in fear. I'm not going to respond in anger. I'm going to respond as God wants me to respond. That could be building strength. Strength could mean um, the belief and spiritual knowing. Um, the deep knowing that, that it, will, it will come to pass, no matter what your experiences say. Um, strength could mean unity and relationships. Um, since Liana said it, God has called us to be in community. And, and being in the community that God has placed you in is strength, right? Standing by yourself, you can have some form of strength, but not close, close enough what God has, has for you. Um, that's also a sense of strength. Then Isaiah chapter 11 speaks about the spirit of might. It speaks about the Holy Spirit, the sevenfold manifestations of the Holy Spirit, Spirit of counsel, wisdom. One of them is the spirit of might, which is a strength, a supernatural strength that comes from God, that he just comes and, and, and works in and through you. You know, the, the, the Holy Spirit, sometimes we have these boxes, you know, that we keep God and the Holy Spirit in. But, but if you read the Old, Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came on people in strength physical strength, like think Samson, think Gideon, think David, think, you know, all these men that slew um, giants, right? A physical strength. Think of Caleb. He said, you know, at the, at the age of 80 years old, I have more strength now than I had. He, he, he had this, the strength of the Holy Spirit came over him, and he was able to do what God called him to do. And then finally, it could mean the strength to resist the enemy, right? To overcome, not just resist, but to overcome. Um, James, again, that punch, he says, uh, submit to God, resist the devil, and the devil will flee, right? Spiritual strength. I want to read from um, 
a book from Joe Booth, just a little quote um, that I've, uh, I've shared a couple of times, but it's, it's so um, appropriate, I believe, to, well, to us at the moment, but actually, actually always because we're in this constant conflict, we're in a constant war because of the situation, the scenario. We, we are the seed of Christ. Go and read the b- book of Revelation. The enemy hates us, right? We are that which has come from Christ, and so we resemble to him what, what destroyed him. So he hates us. He wants to destroy us. It's this cosmic battle, and we are in the middle of it because we are the sons of God, right? So he says the following. He says he, he did a study um, on the Puritans, the Puritans of, of England, um, people that really followed God and changed uh, a nation, changed the UK um, because of their um, obedience to God. But he, he studied them, and he said the following things. He did um, comparisons between that group of people that followed God and, and, and the church today, the, uh, the modern church. He says, the Puritans exemplified maturity. We don't. Spiritual warfare made the Puritans what they were. They accepted conflict as their calling, seeing themselves as their Lord's soldier pilgrims. I like that, that phrase. Soldier pilgrims. Not just soldiers. Not just pilgrims, but soldier pilgrims. In other words, they're soldiers knowing that there's a temporary fight. There's, there's, there's something greater. There's, a, there's an eternity. That we, we, we're fighting hard, but we're not living for this moment, right? And just again, add that revelation of eternity, you know, and the fact that it's this little, this little, little pause in eternity that we live in, and that's going to affect the rest of eternity. It's actually so incredible. That's another sermon. In any case, focus. We are the Lord's soldier pro- pilgrims, not expecting to be able to advance a single step without opposition of one um, sort or another. Today, however, Christians in the West are found to be, on the whole, passionless, passive, and one fierce prayerless. We need to cultivate a passion for prayer again. Cultivating an ethos that encloses personal piety in a pietistic cocoon, they leave public affairs to go their own way, and neither expect nor, for the most part, seek influence beyond their own Christian circle. Right, so there's two things that that scripture says, or that um, uh, quote says. The one is, um, you know, Christians need to move beyond a holy huddle. Okay, that's, that's, that's something we've spoken about a lot. Um, but secondly, it says, they, they, something in terms of the expectation is, is um, really biblical. They expect, it says that those guys, Puritans, they knew when they would advance there's an expectation of resistance. Us modern Christians, we often, when we, when we look at someone or something and we see that they're having resistance, they're struggling, we think, well, you, you, you've got something wrong. You know, you've, you've messed up because you should be blessed, right? Now, someone could be blessed, but it's not visibly blessed because they're going through a struggle because they're advancing the kingdom. Do you get the difference? They're blessed, but it's they, they're pushing through, right? And so God wants us to have a, a push-through um, strength. And here's the good news. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 29. This is, strength is one of the names of God. It says, and also the strength of Israel will not ri- lie nor relent. 
He is not a man that he should relent. Okay, now, we, God is really fine with our humanity, our humanness, the fact that we sometimes retire it. We sometimes want to give up, okay? But God's not like that. Did you know that? It's amazing. It's incredible. This is the God we serve. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get that feeling that we as humans get that we like, I'm at the end of myself. I, I, can't, just, I can't just do it anymore. So I think sometimes we, we, we need to check our theology because I think sometimes we live like God gets tired because he never gets tired, right? In your situation, God's not going to get tired. You might get tired, but it's okay. He won't. He's, he's, he's already overcome. He's already done it. He's already done the work. We just need to rely on his strength. Now, that's what we're talking about this morning is how do we rely on his strength? How, we, how do we get into his strength? Because my strength is, 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 um, is not sufficient. But you see, there's a, there's a little issue of pride, and I've, I've discovered it in myself. When there's a challenge, when there's an issue, when there's a something, I always want to say, listen, you know, I've seen this situation before. I've seen it play out. I, I think I can do it. You think that's uh, wise? No, right? You can, you can do it. You can push and push and push and see if you can do it in your own strength. And this is what happens to me often. I get to that place and then I'm like, uh, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Now I need God, all right? why do we do that? Why don't we just rely on God's strength from the word go, right? We could have saved ourselves a lot of fatigue, right? So let's not do that this year. Let's, let's engage in his strength right from the word go. I want you to see Psalm 52. This is incredible. Verse 6. The righteous also sh shall see and fear and shall laugh at him, saying, Here is the man who did not make God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. But then he says the following. This is, this is so powerful. That's the, that's the image that you see. It's an olive tree, by the way, that little twig from, from the stump. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. You see it. That, there's this one guy, there's this two, two characters in this psalm. There's the one man, he's laughing at the other man because that man made the natural and what he had in possessions and, and, and in, in scheming because there's, there's an ungodly strength as well. We can tap from ungodly sources. But ultimately, it's destructive. So it's, it's not like even it's a, it's not like it's a bad idea to rely on your own strength. It's a curse to rely on your own strength. You see that. He says the man will laugh at him, saying, he is the man who did not make God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in a wicked. Here's, here's the lie, and I believe someone, some of us believe this, and God's going to break it over us this morning. The lie is the following. If I were to have this, I'll, I'll be strong. If I were to have these, if I just get to this point, then I'll be made. And God says, I will not have, let you have that. Because I'm not allowing you to make something else your strength. I'm your strength. 
find your strength in me. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30. Even, even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fail. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Some trust in horses. Some trust in chariots. Um, Psalm 20, verse 7. And then 2 Samuel 22, verse 30. Um, with my God, I can crush an army. I can scale a wall. Proverbs 24, verse 10 says the following. That's on the screen. Last slide. If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. It's one of those scriptures. Uh, other translation says, if you fail in the time of adversity. In other words, there are times that are God-ordained, set up. And when those times come, you're going to find yourself at the end of yourself. You're going to be like, I can't do this. Right? And then... The test is on. So many times we think it's the devil and whatever caused that to be set up and I'm not going to make it. Um, and we do feel like we're not going to make it, right? So there's this battle between the flesh and the spirit because the flesh says, I can't do it. The spirit says, focus on me. I'll rise up in you, overcome the strength in your flesh, and, and you're going to do it. Um, I've just been so encouraged um, the last year. Um, my mom was diagnosed, most of you know, um, with a, a, a triple negative cancer, breast cancer. So it's a very intense, um, aggressive cancer. And she had cancer before, and we prayed for her, and she got healed. Um, but this time, it's, it's been a process, right? Um, and it's not happening. She has to go through chemo. It's not happening instant, instantly. We believe it's, it's God, but it's just been so encouraging to see her faith and her strength. And yes, her faith flesh is sometimes, you know, freaking out, right? Many times she's very tired because of the treatment. Um, but just a really um, encouraging testimony. This one day she phones me. She says, um, because of the chemo, um, there's this really bitter taste in her mouth. The chemicals causes a real bad, bad taste. And so, so it's been really, really um, annoying. Um, you know, it's just discouraging all these, you know, your body's going through all of it and and um, what she, wa she does, um, she puts like lemon in, in the water so that she can actually drink it because, because otherwise it's very bitter. But she said um, she had this bottle of water this one day. And the Lord gave her a scripture about the Jews in the desert where the water uh, turned sweet. And she started drinking the water and it was sweet. She looked at the bottle. It was a Woolies bottle. She said, but they put water, uh, sugar in this, in this water. She looked at the label. There's no sugar in it. She gave it to my dad to drink, and he said, no, no, there's no sugar in this water. But it tasted sweet. And again, she went back to God, and God confirmed it again. He said, but I'm making bitter water sweet. Right? And so she, she drank the bottle. And for the next couple of days, her, her mouth was sweet the whole time. And that, that chemo bitter taste didn't come back. But it was, it was just so encouraging to me that even in a difficult time, we don't know why God doesn't choose to heal her instantly, but God is there, right? He's with her. He's helping her. He's, he's strengthening her in that time of adversity. Very, very nice. Proverbs 24. If you fell under pressure, your strength is small. 1 John 1 says, 
Young men, I, I write to you because you are strong, because you have overcome the wicked one. So God is our strength. He's the one that we, we rely on. Okay, this is, this is where we're at. This is scripture, David. This is the bottom line for this morning. He's, he's at one of his most difficult, it's, the, it's probably the biggest test. If I look at his, the life of David, this is his biggest test. Because he's at the moment of, almost all hope is lost. The most difficult situation was, comp- you know, he could have been completely hopeless. In fact, he was for a moment. He was like really hopeless. And that was the time when, um, right, it was, it was like the last, last, last act or last situation before he became the king. Now, there's a lesson there. Many times we go through the toughest times just before God promotes us, right? And so that's what was the case here with David. And so, so they went, the army went, and then um, their wives and their children were left in a city, and then came the Philistines, you know, and, and got them off guard and then took their wives and, you know, they took them captive and took them away. And then David and his mighty men, the army came back to the city and, I mean, it was already a d- discouraging time for them. Now they got, got back to this city and they saw what had happened. And then if, if, if things couldn't, you know, if it looked like it couldn't get worse, it got worse in that David's most loyal, his buddies, his friends, those guys that stood with him through the trenches, those guys turned on him. They wanted to stone him. They were literally getting ready to stone him. That's, that's how desperate situation he was in. Then it says David, David was, he was, it was almost like he's, uh, the scripture leans us towards, his flesh wanted to freak out. He wanted to give up. He wanted to, and then it says, but he went by himself, and it says he strengthened himself in the Lord, right? And that, I believe, it's, it's a really encouraging um, okay, um, story, a real-life story that happened. Um, and, and I believe it's something that God can do again, but I believe it's more than that. I believe it's the Christian discipline of receiving our strength in God. Right? This is a discipline that we need to cultivate in, um, in, our, in our daily lives, strengthening ourselves in the Lord. My flesh maybe wants to react like this. I, wa- I maybe want to try. Maybe it's, it's the males amongst us. We want to fix it by myself. right? But no, I'm going to learn the discipline to strengthen myself in the Lord not going to waste time. I'm not going to waste my strength. I'm not going to, you know, th- I believe this is the year without fatigue. We're going to run on the Lord's strength this year. Let's, let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your strength. Father, we thank you that you are able to carry us this year. You are able to, 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 to establish us, to to make it happen, or to, to fulfill your promises and to do what you want to do. And God, I'm just reminded now of Joshua standing before the commander of the armies of the Lord of hosts, standing before Jesus. And he says to Jesus, Jesus, are you for me or are you against me? He doesn't know it's Jesus, but he says, he says to this commander, are you for us or are you against us? See, he's made the transition, Joshua. It's not about him. 
He's, he's, he's already he's speaking about us. He's made the transition. It's not a, about an individualistic goal or achievement. He's made the transition, and it's, and it's about us. Right? So he's done that. But he says to this commander, are you for us or are you against us? And the commander responds, he says, neither. I'm not for you or I'm not against you. And he doesn't say, but implies the following. He says, are you for me? Because this is my, this is my goal. I'm taking you to Jericho. I'm taking you into the promised land. And one of the greatest ways of just being in freedom and in surrender is saying, Jesus, I surrender. It's yours. You are the commander of the armies. These goals that you've given me, I've taken really care of them. Lord, it's precious to my heart, but I give it back to you. It's yours. And I rely on your strength because it's your goals, your accomplishment. It's got nothing to do with me. I give it to you as worship. Let's make that decision in our hearts to be worshipers. Right? That moment, when that moment comes, that moment of greatest adversity, that moment of greatest difficulty, let us fall to our knees and become worshipers. Let's practice being good worshipers this year. Not just in the music, not just in song. It's not about the song. Worship is not just about music. It's a way of life. Falling to our knees at the right moment. But I believe God says that which is done before in your life, He can do it again. He will do it again. He's the God that can move the mountains. He can move those mountains for you individually, for us corporately. He's moving mountains as we speak. So God, anoint our eyes. Let us see. Let us experience. But God, we choose to put our strength in you. I want to ask you, we're not going to pray that this morning, but you're going to commit to Asking God to help you this morning to teach you how to strengthen yourself in Him. To take you to the next level, the next step, the next place. So if that's you this morning, just say, just put up your hand and say, Jesus, come and teach me. Jesus, come and teach me how to strengthen myself in you. This year, I'm going to walk on all of your strength. This year, I'm not going to run empty. This year, I'm not going to move into the flesh. This year, and God, we ask you for shifts right now in these hands that have been raised, shifts to happen right now. Even some people are in situations where they are, it's, it's a, they, they're a bit, a bit running on the old. They're running in the old, in the old ways, in the old, you know, that's, it's not, there's no more grace there. And Father, I say to you, come out from the old. Come into the new. God has made available new wine. He's giving you new wine to drink. Don't, don't be sentimental about the old. Don't try and stick to what happened and what, what worked in previous times. Remember, your previous experiences will not have help you in this next season. But our God, help us to transition right now. Help us to not fear God. Help us to stand in the Jordan River, in the Lisbeck River, where it literally doesn't make sense, God. It doesn't make sense. All our experiences, this is not going to work. It's going to fail. It's not good. It's, you know, let's just wait. Let's just wait and see. Let's just stand back passively and let God do what he wants to do because he will do it. No. God doesn't do it that way. God works in partnership. He waits for you to step into the waters. He waits for you to move by faith. I love the message Louis brought in the offering 
today. He says, God says, will you rob me? Will you rob me? Will you, will you wait and, 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 and stand back and see, wait till you see all my provision and then? Or will you step out and trust in me? Will you do it by faith? Will you walk in that water, stand with the, the chest? The chest means, you know, it's, it's the Ark of the Covenant. It's God's presence. It means God's presence is with you. Will you go and stand in those waters? You're, it's uncomfortable because your, your shoes are wet and it's, you know, it's, it, we don't, it's not like the Red Sea. The Red Sea was different because there was the, the real threat of danger at the Red Sea. The Jews didn't have a problem, uh, uh, um, you know, issue with walking through the Red Sea because they, they literally fled through the Red Sea. But the Jordan is different because at the Jordan River, and, and right now God is just really prompting in my heart, there's, there's a shame of, of the desert. There's a shame of the desert. And God, the generations died in the desert. Forty years passed in the desert. But, but the Jordan is different in that you need to choose. You need to choose. God is God doesn't want slaves. He was okay with the slaves at the Red Sea. But for what he wants now, he wants sons and daughters. So he says, you choose. You step into the waters. You make the decision yourself. You choose to be uncomfortable. I'm not going to force you. you. You can stay in the desert. There's a whole tribe of the Jews that stayed in the desert. Two tribes, in fact, one half tribe, that stayed in the desert. They were very happy in the desert. They were really comfortable in the desert, and you can choose to stay there. But there's so much more. The word came earlier. God is saying it. Hear it. Hear God. Hear him. Hear his heart cry. He's saying, there's more. There's this new land that I have for you. There's the city. I've already given it to you. I've already given it to you. Go and read the book of Joshua. It says, I've already given you the city. All I want, just walk around it. Just walk. Just go walk. Go for a walk. And do it my way. But there's more. I'm not going to pray further for us this morning. If you've got any specific needs, feel free to come forward. We'll pray together. But what I want us to do is just to, Stefan, can we sing that song immeasurably more again? I want us just to, by faith, sing this song and declare that God is more. First, that's where it starts. We, we don't go to the promised land for the sake of the promised land. We go there because it's His goal, His way, what He has for us. So let's sing a song by faith. You don't have to have much faith. If you know God, you don't have to have much faith to know that He's immeasurably more. Just take hold of it. Just grab it. It's yours. <laughs>